Welcome back. I'm Randy with RGV Model Rocketry Podcast. Today we're going to be following up on low-power or entry-level rockets. Entry-level rockets are what I consider any size rocket that can be safely flown with an A to a C motor. Uh, maybe even quarter A or smaller. An A through a C motor can probably safely fly any rocket from 3 or 4 inches, 5 inches, up to several feet long, depending on how big the rocket diameter is. Before we get into the rockets themselves, we'll talk about what a, a low-power rocket motor is. Anything from a quarter A up through a C motor, to me, or a D, can be considered low-power rocketry. These are the motors you typically find in your hobby shop. And no license is required to purchase these motors. They're smaller motors. Most of them are black powder based, uh, compressed black powder. And if you, if you so desire, they have the ejection charge built into them. The ejection charge is what pushes the parachute out, pushes the nose cone off, and pushes the parachute out when the rocket reaches apogee or its highest point. A model rocket in this class will typically be single deployment. What that means is the parachute comes out at apogee and there's no drogue chute or such as that. Let me back up and we'll describe dual deployment first, which is really not part of low power rocketry. But in dual deployment, a small parachute or a streamer comes out at apogee. It slows the rocket's fall and stabilizes it, but it comes down pretty quickly. Then at a lower altitude so that the rocket doesn't drift so far under a big chute at a lower altitude the big chute comes out that way it's closer to the ground and it doesn't drift as far that's dual deployment single deployment is when the main parachute comes out at apogee and most of your low power rockets are single deployment rockets so to describe a low power rocket you have a body tube the body tube is typically for low-power rocketry, somewhere in the minimum diameter of about the same size as the motor diameter, up to an inch, two inches. I've even seen some three-inch low-power rockets, but they definitely don't go very high on an A through a C motor. The body tube, at the very back of the body tube, there's the motor mount. The motor mount typically consists of centering rings. What a centering ring is, is a ring that is the inside diameter of the body tube and then it it reduces that to the outside diameter of a motor mount tube which is the tube the motor slides into the motor mount tube will consist of the tube itself a motor block which will keep the motor from flying up through the rocket and some type of motor retainer at the very back to keep the motor in the rocket so that at ejection, the charge firing into the rocket to separate the nose cone and to push out the parachute does not eject the motor from the rocket itself. The motor retainer keeps it in the rocket during the ejection so that it comes back down with the rocket in a safe manner. The majority of parachutes in low-power rocketry consist of a mylar or a plastic parachute with strings that attach it to the parachute and a shock cord. Typically the shock cords that come in model rockets, small model rockets, uh, 
are elastic, but I like to take the elastic out and replace it with some kind of small Kevlar cord. The reason being, the ejection charge from the motor will heat the elastic and it'll eventually break at those points where it's been heated. In low power rockets, the fins are typically attached to the outside of the body tube via glue or a fin can, which consists of a typically a plastic assembly that has all three fins joined to a round tube that slides over the model rocket uh, tube itself. It's glued into place and you don't have to align your fins or anything like that. Through the wall mounting, which we'll get into in mid-power rocketry, is typically not found in low-power rockets. Typically. There are exceptions to everything, obviously. Continuing up the rocket, we'll find the nose cone. The nose cone is typically attached to the rocket, as I said, by an elastic shock cord. The parachute is typically tied in the upper third of the shock cord, close to the nose cone, so that when the parachute comes out, the nose cone can't go back down and hit the rocket body itself. Now when you think of low power model rocketry, the first thing that probably pops into your mind is, well, they probably don't go very high. Well, this is actually not true. In low power model rockets, they can go several thousand feet high, especially if it's what we call a minimum diameter rocket, as I touched on earlier. And this is where the body tube of the rocket is almost the same size as the motor itself. In some cases, the motor just slides into the body tube itself and there is no motor mount per se, simply a retainer to keep it in place. And many times in low power rocketry, just taping the motor to the body tube in the bottom as a retainer is used, although I've never done that. I have seen it done. And some of these rockets can go many thousands of feet high. And they are so small, they're very hard to find afterwards. So good luck with that. Most of the people who are flying the minimum diameter rockets tend to use a Mylar streamer. And it's a Mylar that's reflective so that hopefully they can catch a glint of the sunlight off of the streamer as it descends in order to locate their rocket. There are GPS assemblies that you can put in your rocket, even, even small enough to fit into some of the low-power rockets, that, that transmit back to the ground via RF or via radio. And you have a receiver that allows you to track the rocket and find it once it lands. Those are typically not used in low-power rocketry, but it is an option if it will fit in your body tube. One of the advantages of low-power rocketry is it's an entry level that's very easy to get into. It is not expensive to get into. The launch equipment is very inexpensive. A launch pad for a low-power rocket can consist of nothing more than a piece of wood with a hole drilled into it to accept a uh, launch rod. And a launch rod is simply a rod that keeps the rocket stable and pointed in the correct direction until it gets enough airspeed to become stable on its own from the airflow over the fins. All the way up to, for instance, a tripod, a camera tripod, with an adapter built on the top to hold a 1 inch or larger launch rod. Most of the launch rods used in low-power rocketry are under 3 feet tall. 
For some of the longer body tubes in low-power rocketry, maybe flown on a C or a D motor, it's common to have a longer launch rod. And at this point, I'll explain that there's a lug, a launch lug, which is simply a short tube large enough to slide over the launch rod. The launch lug is glued to the rocket, and it's what keeps the rocket aligned with the launch rod as it begins to ascend. So we've kind of described what the rocket itself looks like, how it's built. Uh, one of the things I want to mention is the rocket motor and the ejection charge. So as the motor ignites and the rocket begins to ascend, there's typically no core running up through the black powder of the motor. It's what we call an end burner. And that means you light it from the back end. It burns up through the motor. Once it reaches the top of the motor, there's another powder composite up there that has some more material in it that slows down the burn rate. We call that a delay. When it reaches that delay, it burns slower, and it burns for a predetermined time. So let's say you have a motor which is an A6-3. That means it's an A motor. The 6 means at any given time, there's 6 newtons. It's an average thrust at any given moment. Dash 3 means it may have a 3 second delay. And I'm just pulling those numbers out of the air. I don't know if there even is an A6-3, but the 3 designates the delay. That means from the time you light the motor to the time the ejection charge goes off would be three seconds. You can buy various delays of motors. There's simulation software to determine how much of a delay you need to bring the parachute out at apogee. Typically a manufacturer will say, this rocket is appropriate to be flown on a B6-5. Well then when you go into the hobby store, you know you need to buy a B6-5 and you don't have to do all these calculations. As you get into mid and high power rocketry, that's where you begin to expand your education and learn how to determine the correct delay for the rocket on your own. Well once the motor's lit, the rocket flies to apogee. At apogee, if you've got the correct delay in the motor, at that point it'll burn through the delay charge and ignite the ejection charge pushing off the nose cone and ejecting your parachute from the rocket so that it can float safely back to Earth. At a later podcast, we'll, we'll delve into what the launch equipment looks like and what the, uh, the launch controller looks like and how it works and what it does. There's, there's many different types. So we've lit the motor. The motor is burned, providing the thrust for the rocket to climb to apogee. The delay charge has burned through so that at apogee, hopefully, the ejection charge pushes off the nose cone, pushes out the parachute. Then you're at the whims of the wind, and the rocket glides back to Earth or gently floats back to Earth and is blown by the wind in whatever direction it's going. Once the rocket reaches Earth, and at this point, let me mention, if you're new to model rocketry and you're, and you're not aware you should never attempt to catch the rocket as it descends. Let it fall to earth, then you can pick it up. When you first recover the rocket, it may be very warm or very hot on the motor end, so be careful with that till it cools down. Then after the motor cools down, you can remove the motor from the rocket. Then all that's required is to insert a, another motor, use some kind of wadding 
to protect the parachute from the ejection charge. The wadding goes in before you put the parachute into the body. So stuff the wadding in there. And the instructions for most model rockets tell you how much wadding to install in the body tube. Then you push the parachute in on top of the wadding after you fold it carefully. Put the nose cone on and you're ready for another flight. As you're folding the rocket parachute, you should inspect your shock cord to ensure that it's not frayed and it's ready for the next flight. We've got it all put back together. We're ready to put it on the pad. When you're launching the rocket, you're going to put something in the motor called an igniter. I'd like to point out that for model rockets, you typically have to lay it on its side to see what you're doing to get the igniter in the correct place and get it installed in the motor. On mid and high power rocketry, it's a different procedure we go through. We, we never put the igniter in with the rocket horizontal unless there's a specific reason in the assembly process that requires that. Once the igniter's in the rocket, we attach the launch controller, typically by attaching some alligator clips, which are just some clips that you press to open, and then you release them and they snap tight onto the two pieces, the two wires that come off of the igniter. Make sure that the two clips or the two wires don't touch each other. Do a continuity check to ensure that the igniter is not broken and we're ready to go again. Model rocketry is a lot of fun for almost all ages. However, I do encourage you, if young children are participating, be sure they have parental supervision so that they're doing everything safely. Bad habits learned early are very hard to unlearn. So make sure that they learn to do it the right way from the beginning. Well, we thank you for joining us at RGV Model Rocketry Podcast. We're going to attempt to have one of these podcasts out every weekend. Next week, we'll probably take a look at mid-power model rocketry and how it differs from low power. So we hope you all will tune in. I want to remind you that we do have a website that has a lot of rocketry information it's new, but it's growing, and that's rgvrockets.org. Come back and join us again next week as we release our podcast on mid-power model rocketry. We thank you all for joining us, and we'll see you all next week.